you know, like, and having these moments of, you know, like trusting and staying in trust and then something happens and you're like, huh, that was super uncomfortable. But still, right now I'm on the other side and it's so much better. And that's also something that um, I find so hard and so difficult and so mean sometimes, right? Because um, right now, especially like in this like woo-woo woke spiritual world, everyone is always like, oh yeah, things just have to be easy and if stuff's not easy, it's not right for you. And I'm always like, you know what? If you read the books, like if you read the philosophy, any which one, Buddhism, like yoga, Zen Buddhism, all of them, they all have an aspect of suffering because again like we come here we have the mind the mind makes us suffer like suffer in the way that like it brings us into this feeling of separation so no things are not just magically just easy they're just not right life is hard on many different levels and then I can decide if I want to go down the oh my god everything is so hard and it's only hard if I want to go down that path or if I want to go down It's really hard. It's a really uncomfortable situation right now, whichever situation that is. And how can I find a way with the tools that I have or the, the tools that I can find that I feel in my bones that help me? How can I find a way to get myself out of the situation? But then again, you will actually have to do something. Yeah. everyone and welcome to another episode of going out looking in the podcast about the big questions of life personal growth and spirituality my name is maxi i'm your host and today i'm welcoming you from beautiful england near chester from a beautiful beautiful country home of friends of mine you will see it in the background you'll see it in the video of this episode I'm sitting here in this bedroom and I'm just oh, so grateful for everything that has been happening these last couple of days since I embarked on this trip and the hospitality and unconditional love that I have received of the people that I have spent time with. So that frequency is basically alive within me and I hope to bring this also into this episode now that being said the episode that I'm going to be sharing with you today is one that I've recorded a couple of days ago before departing Germany so it is being recorded or it was re being recorded in Berlin and I am speaking with Michaela Aue Michaela is a yoga and meditation teacher and moreover a very wise woman. I have discovered her through the work of somebody else that I'm going to be speaking with on the podcast as well. And I listened to her podcast basically and I just 
really loved the way that she was guiding these con her conversations, how she was holding space in them, how curious she was about finding out about the person that she was speaking with. And frankly, I was just really learning, you know, <laughs> while listening to her. And also, I, as you know, am a very avid supporter of meditation. I think, as I've mentioned before, it is, in my opinion, one of the simplest yet most powerful daily practices that you can do in order to live a better life, to increase your quality of life significantly and Michaela is if I may say so an expert in meditation and so that was the initial starting point of my motivation to speak with her now as so often with a podcast there is like an initial impulse of why I want to be speaking with someone and while actually then speaking with them that changes you know and i'm just always open for <laughs> the magic of the moment and so with that conversation in particular that was really much the case so i went in and as always i prepared and i thought we're going to be really deep diving in meditation and we sort of did here and there but moreover we really were speaking about the illusion of control about dealing with uncertainty about giving up control about surrender and how it served Michaela very much on her personal journey how basically I can integrate dealing with uncertainty and her learnings from doing that for so many years um, how I can apply that in my life so there was a lot of just speaking about life in this episode um, and then we went on to really integrate that with yogic teachings and the way that you know yogic scriptures and really ancient texts what they have to say about basically resisting and clinging and push yeah basically pushing away and clinging to things instead of just experiencing life as she unfolds so if you are in your life at a stage where you feel like you know there's a lot of uncertainty around you this episode will i think serve you a great deal and might bring some light into the darkness and make you feel not alone because we are all navigating this we all don't have the book of life <laughs> nobody does um, neither us nor our parents <laughs> as much as we sometimes like to think that um, and so it was quite healing for me to be speaking with Michaela in that capacity and to learn quite frankly again you know, as I do with every single guest and every single episode that I'm doing here. So that all being said, um, 
my heart is so full and I'm looking forward to take you on this journey as I'm going on it myself about my initiation, about <laughs> so many exciting things that are coming up and I wish you just beautiful insights from this conversation with Michaela Awe. here thank you for allowing me to come into your new space <laughs> very new <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah looking at the frame of the of the camera um it, it'll look like a like a perfectly arranged uh, place from what we can see um but yeah it's it's actually a nice sort of um projection of what is going on inside of me and i feel like many people right now um you know entering a new phase something new um unknown a lot of uncertainty um is in the in the air in in many ways right and so um i feel like this is a nice testament to that um what's the new phase for you <sighs> oh wow <laughs> I'm mm. like, okay, let's turn this around yeah, and let's yeah. interview Maxi mm. and see what comes up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you, you're skilled in that, so... Um, <laughs> I mm. pretend to be, but yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm 29. I'm turning 30 next year. Oh my God, those were the days. Saturn return and in all its glory and everything that's coming with that. So this year has been incredibly intense for me mm. um i've spent the last uh, seven years with um a beautiful um woman and that came to the romantic partnership came to an ending um in march and along with that my whole life changed you know so i was actually living in potsdam and so we gave up uh. on the apartment and uh, i moved to zilt Oh, wow. Of all places. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and I just worked there um, over the summer season now. Uh, just returned a couple of days ago um, to my hometown, to my mom, to my dad and to my grandparents and just said hi. And, 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 and now I'm off my off this off onto this big journey of figuring out who I am as a man mm -hmm. becoming a man. Um, so I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that very like, um, I'm taking that quite, um, seriously or like I'm putting a lot of like focus on that. Um, so I'm working with like an organization called Sacred Sons. They do a lot of work only with men. So is that an iguanas thing? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. But like they have like campuses and like facilitation trainings all over mm -hmm. the world and i'm gonna be participating in the yearly um annual convergence it's called and like it's gonna be 300 men 
coming together in Los Angeles. So um, that's where I'm going to be heading. Uh, and this is going to play a big part. So I'm doing a lot of interviews um, now leading up to it or like over the whole course. So I'm mm -hmm. going to be in Ireland. I'm going to be in the UK. I'm going to be in the US conducting a lot of interviews with people I find inspiring. Um, because yes, the podcast is something that is, I don't know, um, it started off as like a little bit of a side thing and now it's just like growing. getting growing yeah. and getting bigger and more significant in my life. And so I, I try to combine that. Um, and when I come back, um, I want to explore like a whole different sort of aspect of myself and like in my career professionally, um, from working in online marketing and like business sort of project management and kind of stuff but like it's so un unbelievably unsatisfying for me it became so insignificant like i had a feeling like i don't really contribute anything meaningful so um now entering this whole world of like healing and having those conversations really turned me on to um also stuff that that i naturally can bring into the world and so i feel really drawn towards the world of healing and mm -hmm. um, I'm still figuring out what that exactly means <laughs> um, is if, if that's really like a more traditional path and it's actually it's actually a super nice segue into the conversation here with us because like this is how I discovered you because like I love um, Marie-Sophie mm -hmm. and her work and um, and that's how I that's the first interview I listened to uh, on your podcast and that's how I discovered you so um yeah that's 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 how how that all came to be and um and then what i just really liked is and this is also part of the questions that i wrote down is um that i really like how you were holding space in the interview and just like in generally like do and yeah obviously i don't know anything or like nearly anything about you but like sometimes it's just like not really necessary to know a lot of the story mm -hmm. to just like see someone and like i have the feeling that this is like the case with you so um all of that being said just makes me even more happy to just like be here now and talk to you um and now ask you what maybe new phase or stages is, is be beginning for you with this with this new um, apartment and everything else that is coming along with that's a very good question I don't know that's like still remain to be seen I guess um, I hope for maybe a bit like it's sort of like two-faced maybe even three who knows um, I'm hoping for a bit more of a quiet time in comparison to like the last one and a half years um, but then at the same time I'm also kind of excited to let's say to grow in different ways so okay this sounds very cryptic um, how can we bring this down so I haven't had an apartment for a year and a half um, due to different circumstances um, and in the beginning, I didn't even know if I wanted to have like a fixed home or not or whatever. And I'm, I've always, I could always live with very little. So I really 
don't have many attachments this is why i mean on the one hand it's exciting right now you know like you're sitting on this new couch and i'm super excited about it but also like i gave up all of my furniture all of my stuff you know i don't mind like i um i was separating from my partner i had to move out of the apartment that we shared um and I'm way better at giving stuff up. So I was like, whatever, I don't want any of the furniture. You know, like I have two chairs and this lamp um, and, you know, and my clothes. Um, and even that, like I'm giving up over and over and over again. Um, so no problem there. But what I'm excited now is the exact opposite, because especially in like this year and a half and especially in the last six months where we were really moving, well, me and my dog, I always say we, um, but we are we, so. <laughs> no, yeah, it's super cute, truly. like from the first moment, yeah. like it's like, yeah, I, I was I noticing mean, you were addressing the both of us, uh, or both of you. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's always, it's always just we, I don't know, ever since she came into my life, it's, it's just my friends make fun of me, I'm like this dog woman meme instagram thing and i'm i'm like i'm like the over 40 no children but dog lady kind of thing you know and i'm happy to be that you know you can send me all of the videos with uh, you know like with people coming to parties with their dogs or coming up with great excuses oh no i can't come tonight you know like uh, my dog's not feeling well that's absolutely me and i'm fine with it um but circling back to um so the in the last six months we were we me and her were really moving every six weeks from place to place so even from the stuff that i had slimmed down already so much i had to slim down even more and then by the end of it i was really tired of it i was like okay you know what i've proven myself that i can renunciate from so many things and honestly i don't know if that's the deal right now i feel like the deal for me is right now to not that i want to accumulate a lot of stuff because i really don't find it necessary but it's more like just being somewhere and taking up space you know and with taking up space um comes you know and i found i mean all of the stuff like unfortunately you can't see it i'm sorry guys um all of these little things you know i mean I'm so excited to have this giraffe again, you know, like the alpaca. Um, I mean, they are all things, presents I got from friends of mine. I didn't miss them one single day when they were gone, but now I'm just super excited to have them back, you know, and they make the space, you know, like they, they help me, you know, taking over the space and, and growing and getting the roots and everything. And I think that's kind of what it's all about, like really taking up space instead of just like always getting less and less and less and less and being like, oh, no, I don't need anything, you know, and I don't. I know I never have, but still I am trying to go the opposite way now. Mm. Mm. That's very interesting. <laughs> Like, because it's like resonating with me on like many levels. I see myself in a lot of that. And I think it ties nicely into a conversation about what it is you're doing as well. Um, when it comes to meditation and therefore meditation. And then let's just like take that as an example. I just see the yoga sutras laying there. <laughs> so, you know, just a yogic path overall um renouncing things giving up on worldly things and attachments um versus being 
here, you know, as a human, <laughs> um, and having needs and desires and so this is like sort of like a very interesting <laughs> overall thing that I also try to or not try to like I don't try things I would say I, I do you know so <laughs> do not try that's what I learned also in the podcast so I'm doing more than trying but like I'm really interested in finding out the balance between yeah living in the here and now with no attachments and no yeah no clinging no mm -hmm. resisting right um and at the same time yeah just being fully aware of being embodied and being incarnated in flesh and bone right how is that for you i think that's um It's a super simple answer to a very complex question. So I've been doing yoga for more than 20 years. Um, I had many, many teachers and I still do, obviously. Um, and the Yoga Sutra is really one of my favorite books. Um, you could spend a lifetime getting to know that book. And I guess... I think the, the most important thing for everyone to understand or for you or for me or whoever, for everyone who is interested in the, in the yoga path is that there have always been two ways to go down this path, right? If you look in the philosophy, if you look in the scriptures, there have always been the people who do renunciate from the world, you know, like the, the rishis, the mm -hmm. monks, you know, like the, the people that, of course, in the beginning, you know, yoga came from all of those wise people, you know, like they, if you, you, you could potentially say they channeled all of this knowledge or most of it, right? I mean, channeled again is a loaded word, but basically they were doing these rituals, these practices, and then they had stuff come to them in their meditative states, right? And then it was a secret knowledge for a really long time. And then people slowly started to write things down and then with Patanjali possibly even before but you know it's kind of hard to say because nobody really knows the exact time frames but whenever that book was written and also I want to say we don't know if it was just one person you know um, what kind of gender that person had if it were many people and it doesn't matter you know because what they did in that book is like they took the knowledge and try to really you know like slim it down and make it a strategic package for many people to understand how the path of yoga can bring you to enlightenment right and with that it started that we have one way you can become a monk and renunciate from the world if this is what your soul chooses to do and that's great um, and it really makes things easier on many levels because yeah. you don't have to carry a, a, a care about a job. You don't have to care about the food. You don't even have to care about clothes or anything. But, you know, obviously it's not the path for everyone. And then the other path is the householder path, which is, you know, what you and I are on, meaning we are here in this world having a human experience um, and we should, because apparently that's why we came. That's what 
And again, I want to say from a yogic philosophy point, right? If you believe in any kind of other philosophy, it could be a different way, but that's a completely different conversation. But from that kind of philosophy, we came here to have this experience and still try to be connected to our own spirituality. So, of course, you know, like I have one teacher and he always says, like, how can you, without having any attachments, how can you learn to give them up? Like, let's say if you're attached to your job and the identity that comes with a job, you know, if you if you never have a job, if you never do any of these things, how will you be able to make this experience to to come to the conclusion that the job is great, but that your identity is way too connected to it, that this causes suffering in your life and then decide for yourself and self-reflect how can you find a way that this is different and how can you detach from that identity and from and it doesn't necessarily have to say that you have to give up the job you know you can if you want to but maybe that's sometimes a solution but it doesn't have to be maybe the solution is to just you know find a different thing in your life that you know like gives you some kind of fulfillment so that you know like your mind shifts away from oh my god i'm only worth something if i'm doing this job maybe there's something else right so that's the thing you know like we're here to have this experience so our life consists in always and always not 24 7 365 days a year but just always living the life and then reflecting back on it and seeing how we can change whatever it is that we're doing so that we you know like are more and more aligned with whatever you know like the philosophy says if you will mm -hmm. does that make sense yes it does <laughs> like really much um Being and becoming is something that comes up for me when you are sharing that. I don't want to interrupt you, but yeah. I want to say one thing. So in the Yoga Sutras, we have the Yamas and the Niyamas. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You, you've probably yeah. heard of them, yeah. right? So that is basically qualities of how to interact with the outside world and qualities that help you to get to know yourself better right and there's one that is called santosha which is roughly translated into i mean happiness is a little basic but something like that and santosha when people hear it they often think oh, okay so i should be happy and grateful period and i'm not allowed to have any more goals right and it's not about that It's about being grateful and happy for what you have right now while still thriving for something that you want to achieve. So you can be here and you are still allowed to become something, mm -hmm. right? But instead of, and I mean, it's a very German thing, I guess, to be, you know, complaining all the time. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you know what I mean. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> Who does that? does such a thing so but it's the germans it's it's I, i mean i don't know but i always feel like it's a very german thing to just always have something to complain and you're like oh my god you could all need 
Santosha so much in your life. Anyways, but yeah, how can you do that? How can you have some kind of like gratefulness? And again, you know, I don't know, write a list, don't write a list, I don't care, you know. Um, but how can you be grateful? How can you be excited for the life that you're in right now? And then still make yourself or be on the way to... I don't know, get wherever you want to be without feeling bad about it. Because, I mean, we're human beings. Of course, we need a goal. Like, of course, we like need to have a vision of where we want to be. And then, you know, it's always like following the path and then adjusting, readjusting, adjusting, readjusting. And just, you know, I mean, that's what life is. We'll never be 100% sure, um, I guess, until we die. And then, you know, you see it all flashing backwards and you're like, oh... Oh, this is interesting. This is what I was supposed to be learning, right? Then we'll know. Until then, we don't. And that's okay. And we just have to find a way to deal with it. Yeah. I'm very strict sometimes. Sorry. I just get so annoyed with like... <laughs> no, but it's like... No, no, no. You, you, you're right on the money there. Like... Um, mm, yeah, it's... Uh, so basically, I would I I wanna I wanna ask you like you mm -hmm. sitting here now, because I so cognitively I understood that intellectually um, quite a while ago, and then life happens, right? Um, and so I guess like I like yeah, as this as I'm not making a solo episode, just sharing what I share uh, or like what I experience. I'm like super interested in like how it is for you meditation very powerful for me to like become present for example so to nourish that part of like be arriving um but yes i would be interested in okay that all being said you know being here while and being grateful for what is while you know and you're doing a lot of things in the world yeah like you're not like renouncing and like i don't know living in a cave you're participating and so how is that journey for you how it is how how is it still um, and how do you balance those two worlds of, you know, being grateful for what is thriving um, and, 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 and having goals and establishing them? Yeah. How do you manage that? I guess the most important thing for me is, and it sounds ridiculous and people that know me will probably laugh and that's okay. You can. Um, my, the most important thing for me is my sadhana. So in yoga, sadhana, personal practice or spiritual practice, but you can leave the word spiritual out because it's it's really just about taking the time for yourself uh, on the mat, on the pillow. And I don't know, for me, it is, is meditation. But then, you know, like I use yoga and meditation interchangeably um, because, you know, like yoga for me is an asana. It's It's everything. And then the whole goal is to... I don't know. I don't necessarily need to reach enlightenment. I mean, it would be fun, but it's more like having this time and space to understand who I am and why I came here, right? What's what's the deal with like doing all of this? Um, and then again, you know, like there's meditation, which is the practice in and of itself but then yoga is an embodied philosophy right so it's not just sitting there in silence or i do a lot of kundalini yoga and meditation so i chant a lot um because i just you know it's it's one of my favorite ways to 
meditate there's many many different ways and everyone has to find their own thing um, but it's not just sitting there doing the meditation hoping that everything is going to fall into place you know or um, at the moment I have this I mean, people do that yeah, you know, know like you'd I be know. surprised um, I, I have this four week meditation course and at the moment where like the the addition we're doing is on prosperity which is like a super important part in kundalini yoga and there are people who are like okay so I'm meditating and then the job, the relationship, you know, like the money back is just going to magically fall into my lap. And I'm always like, no, you still have to go out and do things, you know. Meditation is there to get to know you, to understand your thoughts, your thought patterns, you know, like the behavior that comes out of your thought patterns. And then when you sit there every day and the same thought keeps on coming up and keeps on coming up and keeps on coming up, and maybe you're smart enough to maybe write it down so that you don't forget because the older you get, the more you forget. Um, that would be me. So I'm writing down, I'm noticing, right? And then when I'm out in the world, I'm recognizing the thought and I'm recognizing the situation. I'm like, ah, oh, this is interesting. I had that in my meditation so I can stop because that's also what I learned in my meditation, right? That there is this point of, you know, like in between two thoughts where you can decide and discern like which way you want to go. So in my day-to-day -day life, I can stop, I can take a step back and I can be like, okay, I could right now get back to my old behavior Or I can try something new, right? So, um, I mean, my parents always said that, you know, like I'm, I'm overthinking things and whatever. And I would just say I do, I, yes, I reflect a lot, you know, and I've never really been interested in, in like these corporate careers. I never understood it, you know, like when everyone was climbing the corporate ladder, I was just changing from one job to the next and I was always like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't get the whole concept. I mean, I get that we all have to earn money, obviously. Um, but I was, I was not, and I'm still not, like I admire people who do it. I have friends who have like, crazy job titles you know and and I'm always like wow I mean I could never do that I would get so bored you know and I was just like following my teachers I was just going from one teacher to the next you know from one class to the next I was just sitting there listening to them and then trying to find ways to incorporate that into my life so um, if we go back to the year and a half without an apartment it was a completely different way of practice you know because it was that time in my life where I was like okay I don't know what I want I don't know where I want to live I don't know how I want to live I don't know if I want to live by myself you know I don't know if I want to live with someone because I was living in a shared flat situation with um, a woman who was in her 50s so like a bit more than 10 years older than I am And it was such a great experience, you know, just having this woman, um, again, being more than 10 years older and I could see that and I was like, oh, okay, like this gives me so much life and so much hope to see how you can see the world when you're 50. And I mean, especially for women, you know, like once we hit 30, I mean, people don't want us anymore, right? So we have to find ways to, you know, want ourselves. Um And I love her. She's going to move across the street and I'm so excited for that. Um, so, you know, I was just in this phase where when people would ask me, I was always like, I don't know because I didn't. 
Um, and that was a practice to be okay with not knowing because sometimes we don't know. And then we can either try to find a way to push ourselves, you know, what society does, but you have to know, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. Like, give me some time. I'll figure it out. Mm. Um, and then at some point I kind of knew um, I kind of knew that I wanted to have an own, own place again, but I wouldn't fully trust yet that I could find something. Um, and it is, I mean, it is still unheard of, but I didn't fully trust that I can find something that is in Mitte, that is affordable, that will still give me flexibility, that I still love because we all know how it is with apartments. You cannot just move anywhere. Like you have to, feel the vibe in a way mm -hmm. and you step into some apartments and you're like this is it and then you step into others and you're like no fucking way um so i kind of already knew that you know like i would have to make that choice but i wasn't willing to do it yet and then of course you get pushed you know so then i had to move out because her daughter had to move back in and then i was like okay wow this is interesting i knew it was coming um but you know I wasn't quite willing to like take the plunge, if you will, or jump off the cliff. Um, and then, you know, like basically from her telling me that I have to move out or us discussing that I have to move out um, and then finding this apartment, it was like less than a week. Mm -hmm. But then I already knew that I had to wait for this place, right? Because I saw it in March and now we have September and I knew that they had to do renovations and la, 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 la. Um, I didn't know it would take that long, but it was like a really short period of time. Um, and then for those six months, um, I hadn't signed a contract or anything and I just went with the feeling. I went with the feeling of this is the place I can trust the person. I don't, I haven't looked at any apartment. And I also know that, of course, you know, like I'm in a privileged situation, you know, like having networks and contacts that help me. Yeah, I'm fully aware of it. Um, but I also had many friends being like, you have to find something. You have to ask them for the contract. You have to do this. You have to do that. So again, like the outside world telling me stuff. And my practice to discern, decipher and decide, do I want to follow that? Like, do I want to listen to them mm -hmm. and do what they tell me to do? Or do I want to listen to myself? Mm. And then always, and it wasn't easy, you know, it's because of course, you know, like again, you're in Germany, everyone needs paperwork, everyone needs to sign contracts, la, 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 to make something real, right? Um, so, but then the practice was to sit down to meditate and then whenever the doubt came up to go back again and be like okay so what is it is this the time where i and i did i, I wrote him every every two months or so just to check in and keep saying hey i'm still here i'm still waiting and he was always like yeah yeah i know we're still you know like i'll let you know whenever it's ready and at some point i was like oh my god like is this ever gonna happen but still i could not let go of this apartment like I didn't want to detach because I knew it, it had everything I wanted it to be, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And that was the practice, you know, like staying in that trust and being okay with the doubt and um, 
And it was like, and overall, a really difficult year business-wise was super difficult. The living situation was super difficult. And again, I had many, many lucky incidences and privileged situations. Um, and then I was um, together with like one of my oldest friends, uh, love him to death. And he is a, a psychologist also. Mm. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, and he's, he looked at me and said, you know what, maybe it's okay that you find your situation shitty right now. And maybe that can just be it. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. Mm. And then, you know, and then that was the practice to be like, you know what, it is a shitty situation. It's not easy. You know, like no one finds it easy to not really have a home and to not know when you can start growing roots again and to have all of these hiccups in your business and have all of these like troubles with with everything the german finance um you know and <laughs> money and and all of it you know and um and still finding ways to not completely flip out because i could have done that too right could have but then always, you know, like find a way again to take a step back and be like, okay, so what's the next best step? What's the next logical thing to do? And um, I'm not sure if I'm fully answering, but also let's say the last three weeks have been super intense because they were really the lead up to moving in here. Um, and you mentioned it before, I have a podcast myself and I haven't published an episode in probably a month, right? And I never wanted to take like these summer breaks and stuff. But I just noticed that right now with like the whole moving and all of it, I just don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity to sit down. I don't have the capacity to organize interviews and all of that, you know. And I felt bad for 10 minutes and I was like, but you know what? take a short break move in and then all of the capacity will come back because then all of the stuff's going to be at one place i'll have a home again and then i can start focusing on these things again like then i can start launching new things in my business of course i have a million ideas but do i want to launch a new course right now in this situation no i don't mm -hmm. should i because of money absolutely yes but i'm not going to because it's 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 not going to be okay and and all of this also being said that this is what I know for myself, right? Other people might be able to deal different with these situations. Mm -hmm. And that's also something that yoga teaches you because it's not a philosophy. It's not a practice that you just like put over everything and then everyone has to behave the same way. No, it's a philosophy that you take and again, you discern for yourself and then you make the choices and also doesn't mean that it makes you egoistic or any of this you know it's still because if you look at the practices if you look at the scriptures it always includes also the interaction you have with other people like knowingly or unknowingly um or being aware of it or not being aware of it because also you know like from the qualities of how to live your life and that help you to make decisions you know they are always best case scenario in you know like in the in the best way for everyone mm -hmm. right so it's not just all about just me you know like yeah. let's just quickly bring it back to the business 
it is about me saying I don't have the capacity. But then again, it's also for the others because if I would launch something now and I would know that I would maybe mm. have 50% to give, it would be really devastating for the people to pay I don't know, whatever kind of money and then have a half-assed course with a teacher who's not really there yet because she's somewhere else. So... Yeah, absolutely. Something I... Mm, <laughs> something I very strongly receive um, while you are sharing um, is um, a very strong energy from you that is um, very deep inside of you um, very safe, uh, secure. Um, you were, you were, there was a lot of, you mentioned trust, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned intuition various times and I received that. I receive a lot of uncertainty. Yes. Okay. In, in your situation right now, um, can relate to that. Um, and because because of the similarities in our lives and also the view on how you look at life and your professional life as well. Um, it's very similar to how I look at it as well. Um, I feel that very strongly and that's why for me what is coming up so much is like, okay, so I would be very curious and very eager to, f to hear from you um, how you cultivate safety in your system and trust. Because right now, I'm telling I know so many people, including myself, who more and more realize and come to the conclusion it always has been that way. But like now it's like, I don't know, with a magnifying glass, it's like even it's getting so strong that like there's no absolutely zero control of our external environment. But there never has been. There never has been. Exactly. There never has been. Sometimes society may suggest that, but like yeah. it really doesn't is like no. that way. And so we have to find it within us um, because it's inc like, yeah, it's just like impossible f for us to control what's happening. Um, and so, yes, how, how do you cultivate that with you, within you? Because there's, like I said, I really received that, um, that you're living from a place of deep safety within you, even well, though not knowing a lot of things, you not know, not always, but, um, Uh, but I mean, you know, like nothing is, nothing lasts yeah, yeah. forever. Not so yet. first of all, um, I guess acknowledging that control is an illusion. It's as simple as that, you know, like there's nothing you can control in life, nothing except I guess your mind. Like that is something I do believe that I can teach my mind, right? Because it's, mm. it's going to do its own thing. But if I take it by the hand and again, it's practice, you know, also like, can say that often enough and and people who know me know that i say that a lot um meditation and all of these practices they are pra they are practices and a practice needs to be practiced and again yoga sutras um i don't know the exact word but like reframing it patanjali also says that you will reach the goal with meditation if you study it or if you practice consistently over a long period of time on a regular basis so personal satna every day right um getting back to that so um first of all acknowledging that there they have no control over nothing and i i mean i don't know like funny thing is like my parents uh and also my sister they are like super safety driven you know like they all have 
been working for the same employer for their entire life you know and again like even as a child for whatever reason i could not buy into the system i could not buy into the like this is how it's gonna go my mom is still terrified for me of being freelance right um she deals with it way better now after all this time um because you know you could also say like and it, it is not safe again because you can't control it because in, but in my mind then it always goes like but you know what how much can I actually control a job where I'm employed by someone they can kick me out every day you know it's mm. just and then yeah of course then I'm unemployed I could get unemployment money but you know I mean who knows so for me it's like it doesn't make a difference in my world so again acknowledging like safety or like being in control of anything is just it's an illusion and then learning how to be okay with it and then the other thing that is part of um, a spiritual practice is surrender and especially with the with the unknown right again like we don't know shit and of course you know like then the ego comes in and wants to know the mind come in comes in and wants to know but truly for what right mm. do i have to know every i mean some of the things i'm really interested in but anyways you know like that goes in a different direction so it's it's surrender and like the the giving up in the in the most positive way giving up of the of the need to control every little thing and leaving room for the unexpected and also the the not having a strategy you know just again not having a strategy again you can have a goal you can have a vision you know but if you if you're like and i have to do it this way you miss out on so much because you know like you might force your way through it you might push your way through it but what would happen if you would leave room for the unexpected what would happen if you would have trust and here again it gets tricky because i do have trust in whatever you want to call it, you know, like some kind of overall energy, some might call it God, some might call it in yoga, they call it Ishvara, like the pure consciousness, whatever it is, you know, like whatever word you find for it. But if you can find a way to trust in that, then you can leave room for the unexpected. How do you find a way to trust in it? You personally? I don't know, I guess through all of my teachers. Okay. Because I've learned a lot from them. And, I, and as I said, like I still do. And and I guess also through listening to them, to their stories, um, finding ways how they explain the philosophy and then practicing it. Yeah. And, and you know, like, and having these moments of, you know, like trusting and staying in trust and then something happens and you're like, huh, that was super uncomfortable. But still, right now I'm on the other side and it's so much better. And that's also something that um, I find so hard and so difficult and so mean sometimes, right? Because 
um, right now, especially like in this like woo woo woke spiritual world, everyone is always like, oh yeah, things just have to be easy. And if stuff's not easy, it's not right for you. And I'm always like, you know what? If you read the books, like if you read the philosophy, any which one, Buddhism, like yoga, Zen Buddhism, all of them, they all have an aspect of suffering because again like we come here we have the mind the mind makes us suffer like suffer in the way that like it brings us into this feeling of separation so no things are not just magically just easy they're just not right life is hard on many different levels and then I can decide if I want to go down the oh my god everything is so hard and it's only hard if I want to go down that path or if I want to go down It's really hard. It's a really uncomfortable situation right now, whichever situation that is. And how can I find a way with the tools that I have or the, the tools that I can find that I feel in my bones that help me? How can I find a way to get myself out of the situation? But then again, you will actually have to do something. Yeah. And that's the part that is so hard for people to understand. Because again, they just want all of the positive stuff that they don't want to work for it, but you have to work for it. And I had this, um, I hope she listens to it. So I was giving a teacher training last year um, and I had this one woman taking the course and she's amazing. Um, and she wants to combine meditation with sound healing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for their final exam, like we don't do exam the exam way. So they had to come up with an eight-week course of meditation and give me the outline and the topics that they want to talk about and the, the meditation they wanted to use and la, 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 so that they have something in their hands once they finish the training that they can actually start with. And then I asked them to do that and to record one session out of it, like the full session, so I can listen to it and I can give them feedback on it. Way past the deadline, she writes me an email and she's like, yeah, you know, like I'm really like I'm really having issues like doing the video. I have the course, I have the outline, but I don't know. I somehow I can't do it. And I was wondering if we could have because she had one more one on one session open with me, if we could do a one on one session and uh, and I, I do it in the one on one session with you. And I read it and like aside the fact that I had set a deadline for a particular purpose because I knew my life would be chaos after this point and I wouldn't have the capacity to do any of this anymore. I just read it and I was like, you know what, girlfriend? It's not going to happen. And of course, I wrote her back really nicely, you know, and I tried to, like, I pretended I was trying to find some dates with her and then it never matched up. And then her, like, she always took a long time to respond and then I did because I just you know, I was in the whole like moving whatever kind of mess, right? Because I had read it and I was like, no, we're, we're not going to make it easy for you. If you really want to teach and you do and you can because you're going to be amazing at it, like you have to find this innate wanting within yourself to actually do it. And I'm going to make you suffer on purpose so that you will sit your ass down and do the session, And then after a few months, she actually sent it to me. And I just wrote her this morning because I have a certificate ready. And again, like I, st I still haven't told her. But um, she said that. She said that um, that she kind of, she is so happy that she, that she 
did the recording she was like yeah you know what it's not up to my standards and it's not perfect and I was like laughing inside myself because I was like it's not about making it perfect it's never going to be perfect um perfect is an illusion um and then she was like bah, but I'm so happy I did it um because now I'm already teaching friends and family and I was just like yeah and you wouldn't have done that if I would have made it easy on you mm. and that's why you had to learn the hard way yeah yeah amen to that <laughs> that's how yeah, mean no, I, I am as a teacher yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's really important to emphasize that, like, it's it's absolutely vital to, be, like, yeah, because, like, I, I receive, so I received this energy from you, um, which, yeah, I don't know, you cannot really fake, I mean, I don't know, like, there's people, um, and having those conversations certainly helped me to receive, like, to really be with someone and then also look beyond what they say it's just like who did it uh, Merabian right he investigated um, how much of you know communication is basically tied to uh, what we are saying so the words that we're using so it's like this 55 18 whatever rule and 55% is body language um, 20 something percent um, is um intonation you know and the what the contents of what you're what we are actually saying is like the least like the smallest part um it's like a really tiny tiny part of like what it is that the words that we're actually using and so like i'm receiving from you like yeah it's daily practice and this is also something that i've experimented within within my practice with meditation because yes i'm also not a hatha yogi i'm not um, it's really, yeah, Raja and, you know, meditating. meditating, um, And yes, karma, I would say, karma yoga. So also really doing and implementing that in everyday life um, and aligning my work accordingly. Um, and so um, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit also sometimes suspicious of like people who, who understood a lot um, and they read Patanjali maybe once or something and they cognitively think they intellectually understood it and then basically they never have to look at it again and they also don't have to practice again you know and that's a little bit it's a bit it doesn't really it's not embodied for me then I mean look the thing is no matter which area in life or which direction we go and there will always going to be people who misuse the power that they have and there will always be people who think, you know, like they know better and they have to tell everyone how to do it. And then again, it's up to us to decide if we want to follow along. And I'm not saying that um, teachers are not important, not at all. You know, like we need role models and people who give us guidance and stuff, you know, because also the the trust part that we've been talking about before um a great teacher you will always notice that they find a way to deliver the message but it's never about them it's always about you and they will not tell you that their way is the only way and if they do then you should run the other yeah. direction yeah 
And it's really as simple as that. But they, because, you know, obviously we're human beings. We're here for interaction. You know, like we don't function just by ourselves. I guess we have all noticed that by now. So, of course, you need the reflection from someone else, you know. And if you feel something inside yourself and you are not practiced enough to be like, okay, can I really trust it or not? Then you need to, you know, talk to someone and like get some feedback, you know, and then follow along. But that's also what annoys me sometimes. Because um, also, you know, like I call it spiritual ego with what you just mentioned. These people who are like, oh, I don't need to practice. Um, also reason enough to to run the other way um, because again great teachers will always be students and they will always 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 put their practice first because otherwise you cannot be a great teacher um, and then you know like also what people don't understand especially if you are in the beginning of this path you know and it may or may not make sense for for the listeners um, so if you go to those teachers or to those shamans or wherever people go these days, you know, they will always tell you how special you are because you are and every person is unique and every person is special in their own unique way, right? So it's right that they tell you, but that doesn't mean that you will then be better than the other people. And just because you went to the shaman or just because you do the meditation or just because you notice that breathwork works for you does not make you a better person in comparison to someone else. And that happens a lot that people are like, oh my God, I did Kundalini yoga. I did breathwork. I completely understood you have to do it, you know, because this is how it works. And you're like, no, mm -hmm. it is for you. But it doesn't mean that it is for someone else. And just because the shaman told you how special you are, do you know how many people who told that to? Rightfully so, because you are, but so is everyone else. And again, like we there we have the 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 part of detachment again, you know. When I get told these things, is my identity gonna depend on it? Like do I hold on to it because I need to hear it so much how special I am? Or can I find a way to let that go and again have this feeling inside of me but also be able to allow other people their, it's probably not a word, their specialness, specialty, being special, you know, like allowing other people to be that too. Mm. And again, and then interacting with people in a way, acknowledging that they are special in their own unique way, right? That is, that's what I mean also when we talked about, you know, like that yoga and all of this is not there to make you egoistic. It, it makes you notice nuance in life. And yes, again, if we look to the politics sides, then, you know, like it's kind of hard to let some people have their opinion and that's a completely different situation that has, like, that I don't want to get into because again, like, it's it's fine it's it's a one-on-one -on -one situation it's between you and you and then you and the other like we cannot take yoga and put it on everything and expect the world to be a better place that is not going to work right but again you in your relationships whichever one may they be romantic may they be work colleagues friends family you can find a way to allow everyone to have their own place right you can still be in discussion but you can be in better discussion if you are able to allow the person to be the way they are mm. 
right? It's easier for you and it's easier for other for the other and then find a way to, you know, yeah. to have that discussion actually go both ways. So it works on all kinds of levels. Who is a teacher that you respect and follow? Oh, I love Guru Singh. He's a Kundalini yoga teacher. Um, he used to live in LA. Um, I th I'm not sure if Yoga West was ever his studio or if he just taught there. And I would just go to him and just listen. See, like his classes are 90 minutes, but he basically talks for almost 60 or 45 minutes of it. And then they do like Yoga Asana or Kundalini yoga practice. And I guess everyone who's there just comes to listen. Um, he's only online these days. Um, I still admire my very first yoga teacher, Roland. Um, he still has a has a, um, um, a studio in Berlin, Raum für Yoga. Um, he really taught me so much. And um, I started with him when I was 19, um, 2001, um, I guess it was, or 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, and... There were no Lululemon yoga pants. There was no music in class. You're laughing, you know, it's a thing for many people. We just came there in our sweatpants, you know, like being on the on the sh on the sheepskin, like moving from one pose to the next, like in quietness, trying the meditation. He would always weave in the philosophy into the course. Um, he did an amazing job. Um, I spent seven years just practicing with him and then um, Panch Nishan, she just moved to Munich. Um, I love her a lot. Uh, also a Kundalini yoga teacher. She's also like one of the kindest souls as I've ever met. And I also love listening to her and when she talks. Um, but it's not just, you know, like I wouldn't just consider yoga or meditation teachers. My teachers is like, it, it goes beyond that. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot from past relationships um, yeah so many many people Amy is a great teacher even though she's sleeping silently right now um, she's big like especially in the whole moving phase I just noticed again I mean I already know that we're just one if she's not around I feel like my right arm's missing right that already says everything I always turn around. I'm always like, where is she? And then I'm like, I don't know. She's not here. Um, so she's really a part of me. But she was, if I wasn't sure how I was feeling, I would just had to look at her. And I, I would always know how I'm feeling because she just mirrors me mm. right back. Mm. And she's also the greatest co-teacher, right? She's always there, always meditating with us, you know, always sitting in the background. Today, I have this funny video from Kundalini Yoga and then I was in Shavasana at the end and she just came and she, you know, gave me a dog kiss and then she was right next to my head and then she was sitting down and I was like petting her a little bit and then all of a sudden she like, she just really falls over with her head like right here next to my shoulder upside down belly up you know like wanting the belly rubs so um mm. she's she's pretty big she taught me a lot beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's uh, whether it's an animal whether it's a person yeah relationships can be can be powerful absolutely they accurately show you where you are in life aren't you yeah it's really, it's amazing. It's like a, an amazing, 
indicator of where we are in our personal journey. I, I believe very strongly. Yeah, and I guess, you know, if we take it also as that, you know, I mean, um, I think relationships are also amazing and difficult at the same time. But, you know, like if we change our idea about it to not that, again, like that we have to find a way to control the relationship in whichever way and that we have to find to make it work. But if we can see the other person as a teacher and finding a way to grow together, you know, it's not at all easy, you know, I mean, not mm -hmm. at all. Um, and I have quite a few friends who have been in really long relationships um with children without children you know and it's like it's really interesting to to talk to them about it you know and to again get their ideas and just yesterday i had a talk with a friend and she's been with her husband for like over 20 years um and she also said she was like you know what maybe there's just a year or two and they just suck and that's it you know but you've spent so much time um and worked so much together and you know it's always the question do you just want to throw that out or do you just you know can be can find a way to be okay with maybe a year that's not so great and then maybe the next one is again right i mean again you know everyone has to find that out for themselves obviously um but i i, I guess that's what i can see with all of them that you know, like they really allow the other person to be and they can be, again, in surrender to these moments that are just awful. And they're not just throwing everything overboard, but they're like, okay, let's let's wait and see. You know, like let's surrender to it. Let's just find a way to let it be and to, again, be in the not knowing because you don't know. Does it get better? Does it not get better? You know, no one knows. Um, but then, you know, like they always made it work. Mm. Um And then it became better. What brings you joy these days? Ooh, coffee in the morning brings me a lot of joy these days. <laughs> it really does. Um, and it's, it's our little ritual. Um, we have this one coffee spot that we go to like quite a lot. And Amy just loves... Um, Well, it's that one and another one. Um, and Amy just loves to find the crumbs on the floor. So I let her clean the place and therefore I get coffee kind of thing. I pay for the coffee, no worries. Um, the new apartment brings me a lot of joy. Um, and my friends, like I do miss them because all of my friends are um, on what we call it a gaycation. <laughs> They are. Okay. And I'm so jealous that I can't be there. They all went to Sardinia and we do that every year. Um, and with like the whole moving and everything, I just I just couldn't make it, right? And I'm just so, so sad that I can't be with them. But I'm excited for them to come back and to just like have a little brunch here and hang out and have a good time because I've been... I don't want to say I've been annoying with them for the last six months, but let's say they really had to put up with a lot. So I have to find a way to, you know, get us back to a normal state. Right. Yeah. What are you proud of? I don't know. Everything and nothing. Kind of. You know, I, I think I'm just, I don't, I'm not sure if I like the word proud so much. Um, I'm just, 
I guess I'm just excited that I just keep on living the life, you know, with all the ups and downs and with all the not knowing and knowing again and then again not knowing and and finding ways to be okay with it, you know, and um, the hardest thing for me to to just follow along and not listen to all of the stuff that society tells me that I have to be but really like listening to what I tell myself what I have to be and want to be and then change that you know because I've changed so many times in my life and and I always say that jokingly but also not jokingly in, in my yoga classes when we talk about identity you know like this pretend identity of myself to be a yoga and meditation teacher you know it's something I chose for now but it's I don't know, maybe I'll do it to the end of my life, maybe I won't. Um, I'm always thinking, like, with 60, I might become a dog trainer. That's that's one of the, like, that's one of the visions I have, you know. Also, these days, I'm thinking, at 60, I get married. Um, maybe I won't, I don't know. But I feel like if I ever get married, then probably at 60. Um, that's, you know, that's one of those things. Um yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I love it. How we how are how are we looking on time? Twelve thirty. Okay, so um You have a last question? Tiny tiny bit. Well I haven't once looked on my on my paper here. I think that's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah, definitely a good sign. Um, I think I have one more thing that I want to say. Of course. Because um, it came up with something that you said and then I lost track of it again. Um, you know, because, and it's completely, it's a little bit related, but right now out of the blue, um, I just quickly want to go back to purpose, purpose in life and aligning life because you also said like that you're, um, you want to align to your job like somehow. Mm. And I just want to give permission to people um not from myself but i'll come to it from the from the yogic uh perspective that it's great that if you are in a situation where your job is combined or like connected with your purpose but it's not just about that and it doesn't have to be that way right mm -hmm. if we look at the bhagavad-gita um, which is a conversation between Lord Krishna and Ajna. And Ajna is a warrior and a prince and he has to go into battle against his own family or his um, cousins, right? cousins and uncles and he doesn't want to do it, right? And they have this whole conversation about life and how to live life and it's like the Bhagavad Gita is pretty big in the Bhakti Yoga tradition and it teaches us a lot about purpose um, and and Dharma, right? Dharma, Karma, like all of that kind of stuff. And I have one teacher, his name is Vikram, um, and he's amazing. And he reframed it in a way that made so much sense. He said from like what he has been taught and then how he like has studied the Bhagavad Gita with his teachers, you have two purposes. You have your material purpose, you know, which is ever-changing. That is, you know, like let's say when you're in your childhood, your purpose is to study. You go to school, you know, like you learn, you like, try to understand life even though you won't, but whatever, you know, like you 
you do all of that and then you grow up and then you start having a job and then maybe you have a family and then that's the purpose right keeping the family running keeping the family safe you know like doing the job being responsible with your colleagues like all of that la 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 and again and maybe the job is fulfilling maybe it isn't maybe the only reason the job fulfills is to give you a stocked up bank account so that you can do something or do something for other people right but again and then you know like you grow older again and then the family is out of the house and then again your material purpose changes you know like maybe you had a house maybe you sell it maybe you go travel maybe you do whatever you know and then there's your spiritual purpose And that is actually the one that, I mean, both of them are important, right? Because if you are in your material purpose and you have a family, you have to find a way, you know, like all of you guys together, whoever many people there are in this family to provide and keep this family alive, right? That's, that, that you, there's no way around it. But then your spiritual purpose is really following this question of who am I and what am I doing here? Like, really broken it down which is also for me that is the essence of spirituality period you know finding answers to those questions who am i and what am i doing here so wanting to say that there's material and there's spiritual karma and your spiritual karma is sort of like that's fixed you know like that's not really changeable you know like those are the questions and they do come up in your life and you have to find ways and tools how to deal with them but your material karma can change right and again if you have a job that is fulfilling it's amazing but if you don't then you know like there's no need to get gray hair and wrinkles over it because you know i also still do jobs that have nothing to do with what i'm even remotely interesting in, but they help me pay rent mm. and I'm fine with it and I can still have a great time and I can still you know like I notice that then I have different ways to get along with the people that I work with you know like with my colleagues and you know like make life easier for them in in certain regards and others not so much but in certain regards and then again I notice that you know like part of my purpose still or part of my dharma let's put it like this of my spiritual dharma comes into that space a little bit but it doesn't have to even if it doesn't work you know yeah. it's fine so just wanting to give permission and licensing for everyone you know like to get off the whole oh my god you know like i have to become a millionaire by you know like doing whatever kind of job that gives me all of the fulfillment plus um if you talk to people who are quote-unquote successful again whatever you define as success um you will also notice that it's hard and it's not always easy and there's a lot of ups and downs and all of these people who have you know like built big companies and we can again you know like have a discussion if that's always been their purpose or not or you know like how happy it actually made them they have all failed many 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 times and that's how we learn sorry i just find that important because i know that people these days are just so pressured to mm. to do something and it's great wanting to do something that you know like that gives you purpose but you doesn't always have to earn money with it you can earn money with just whatever and then still you know like i don't know do something where you feel like you know, like you're contributing in whatever way. And sometimes you're just contributing, you know, like by getting up on the bus and letting the old lady sit or the old man or the old person. 
older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be... That's a very, like... Yeah, that's a personal thing for me to figure out. Everyone has a different relationship to that. Um, the more I'm learning as for me as, 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 as a man who now from somewhere, from a deep place within me, I'm feeling this calling to um, at some stage care for more than myself. Um, whether that means having my own family or whatever it means, but I just mean it as like something larger than my personal existence. And with that comes along this drive, this this innate um, mm, hunger for um, doing something of value um again for more than just myself and what that's gonna be um how that's gonna manifest i don't know and to say it that way and to really feel it that way um it's challenging you know basically so that's that's where i'm at um and i yeah there's the way my life is set up right now i have no choice anyway so um if i were were to resist life would be so much harder mm -hmm. <laughs> so um surrender really is the only option so um yeah i'm just yeah i'm just really grateful to again and again have like conversations like this and um see um you um and see what manifested for you um yeah without knowing so much of the story again but like it's just um this moment in time like a present moment of us just like being present with each other and like share what's what's alive and um and to combine wisdom that is you know is is originating from people who spend so much of their life um pursuing one goal and then decided to share that with us and like how valuable that is and how much of an effect that can has on our existence and it's beautiful to see the many different colors and shapes um that these teachings take up in 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 people you know and so i basically it's just a long-winded way of like sincerely saying thank you um f for for this that's actually i guess what i what i want to say thank you yeah. i had a great time amy too <laughs> i mean she must have loved it if she is sleeping that deeply <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean like i certainly <laughs> was not expecting any dog to be as quiet in this kind of like interview situation but like it worked out perfectly <laughs> yeah i mean i always get that with her no matter where i take her people are always like oh and 
she's a chihuahua and i'm like yeah she's a chihuahua but she's very quiet for a chihuahua <laughs> and i always like well you know If you it's the food that I give her. <laughs> no, it's like if you treat them like a dog, then, you know, then they're not like these. Yeah. You just have to walk them, feed them, you know, train them. They're smart little things. Now you wake up. Mm. Now that I'm saying that you're smart, huh? You're like, I heard that. Yeah, she's... So, with, you know, with... We, we touched on it briefly and like I said you know when I'm looking at those questions like it's the best thing to be prepared but then you know you leave room for the unexpected the unexpected um, to, so, so you are in the middle of your meditation course is there something you you, you want to um, or you feel like sharing with what's what's coming up for you, for, for you in terms of like the work that you're doing something that you have planned mm. The meditation course will continue. We'll do one more this year um, and then we'll also do it next year again because it's like a, it's a nice little community that has built um, and it helps me with my own practice and it also helps everyone who joins. And then I'm doing um, a smaller teacher training. I don't know, in German we would say Fortbildung. I'm not sure if there's an English word for it. So... Um, it's a training that we're doing right now for people who already have experience in the healing arts so that, you know, like you've taught a few classes, you kind of know what it is to sit in front of people and teach um, and we'll dive into meditation because meditation, obviously, you can put together with many different modalities. As I said, like this one woman who combines it with a sound healing, I mean, more than just her but you can do that you can combine, combine it with reiki you know like um with yoga asana obviously um some people you know like who are natural natural practitioners they use it in their work you know like whatever so um so it's, it's a smaller training to dive deep into meditation um and i'm gonna change that up a bit so because right now it's like only a live training And I'm going to change it in a way that um, you can start it at any time and then you will have some videos that you can look at, but then you have one-on-one -on -one sessions with me because this is how yoga and meditation has been passed down for years in a one-on-one -on -one setting, right? It wasn't done necessarily in groups because mm -hmm. it is an individual practice. Mm -hmm. So your teacher really like sees you and connects with you. And again, I mean, we can do it in groups, but to really like, if you really want to dive deep, you need this one-on-one -on -one connection, right? To someone, to, with someone who really knows like where, where to push you and where to place you. Um, so I want to do it that way. It's probably going to be like a three or four months kind of thing. You can start whenever you want. You get the, the videos, the meditations, and then we have check-in sessions. So, you know, like that you still obviously have to uh, teach the meditation and all that kind of stuff that is something and then i'm thinking about um doing a mentoring program for newer teachers because also there's a there's a lot of space for giving support you know because it's always the same stuff that comes up when you start teaching <laughs> and um and the answers are kind of simple sometimes or there's like also certain things you can try out and also you know like this how to bring in new stuff like and especially people want to know more and more how to incorporate 
those philosophy teachings and that has a lot to do with practicing yourself and embodying mm -hmm. yourself before then you can go on and pray. I mean you can read the book sure and then you can recite the book but it's just not gonna land with people like it needs to have your experience but then how are you gonna transport your experience without making it about you and still making it about the people so there's you know a few things to talk about I'm not sure when all of this is gonna happen because for now you know we're doing this apartment <laughs> And then once I feel settled, you know, and, and I have the capacity again, like I'll restart the podcast um, and I'll look into how I can set up these things. But, um, but that's more or less what's coming up mm. in the near future. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I guess also a very like warm um, recommendation from my side. Uh, to to people uh, listening and watching uh, to check out your stuff um, <laughs> yeah I mean you know with a podcast like I, I guess w w if you're listening to this you somewhat like maybe you discover it now new through this this episode but maybe you've been listening for a while so there's maybe a little bit of a trust <laughs> has been built uh, towards my judgment and like yeah I can just say like that it's I'm very glad that I reached out and that like what I've seen and heard from you online is matching up with like the frequency and the energy that you are emanating in person. So I can just recommend you to check out the podcast and the trainings <laughs> um, of Michaela. Yeah, because it's very thank nice. You. Yeah. So um, thank you. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. And I wish you like the utmost uh, success with all of these endeavors um, so maybe I don't know we meet again in this flat at some stage after who my journey knows? when I come back to Berlin who knows um, and um, yeah to see <laughs> what life you know what she what she what she does with all of us we will find out yeah thank you for coming um, it was great talking to you have a great trip yeah thank room you room for the unexpected mm. <laughs> Uh, well, there's no choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's it for all of us. Everyone, leave room for the unexpected, at least a little bit in mm. your life. Yeah, that's a beautiful episode title. I might, um, I might include that. <laughs> all right, namaste. Thank, Thank you. you.